Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. GOST Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chat it up about magic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and squirrels, welcome to Season 2, Episode 17. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. And I have yet another amazing episode lined up with a small crowd as a guest. Yes, a small crowd as a guest. You heard that right. Very small crowd. Because I'm still kind of new to podcasting. So, gotta start easy, right? Okay, so really quick, I want to get a couple things out of the way while I've got everyone's attention. And then we're just going to jump into some really awesome chit-chat. First and foremost... Someone that's been a little bit of an inspiration to me. I don't know him personally, but he is a fellow freak with a microphone. And he is also a fellow fiery redhead. Danny Bonaducci, please send out some awesome energy. Send your angels. Send your good thoughts. And hey, whatever you do to send healing energy out to others, give him a little bit of love. He hasn't been feeling really well lately. And you know what? He's stationed out of Seattle, Washington these days. That is a city near and dear to my heart. I've got some chosen family over there. And you know what? Danny, if you hear this, I gotta say, I've never followed your career super close, but every time I've ever seen you in an interview, I've always got the biggest kick out of you. You've always put a grin on my face and a bounce in my step. The fact that you're a DJ is one of the many inspirations that got me talking into a microphone. No joke. So you are awesome. I love you. Again, I do angel magic. I am throwing some angels at you, some healing energy out there for you. You got to keep a smile on your face and a bounce in your step too. All right, buddy, you got this. We got to get you back in people's eardrums. So everyone out there, again, throw Danny some awesome energy. Next, big call to action for all you guys. Again, I am still trying to work towards my TikTok following. So head on over to the website, www.randomillusions.com. You're going to find my social media links for Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. So the one thing that's really cool about my website, I go through PodPage and they do websites just for podcasters. My website syncs up with my host site, so every time I publish an episode, it drops onto my website, but now it is synced up with my Facebook page and my Twitter, 
so it will automatically post links there every week. I've also got an email list set up, so if you would prefer that as a notification, I will never fill up your email. I just use it for posting links for episodes or if I was to have some major announcement or something. So I promise you I won't bog down your email. I know a lot of people do that these days. And yeah, as far as TikTok goes, it is a nightmare trying to get your thousand followers because I'm still stockpiling some material to release on there. So I haven't quite got there yet. So if I could get a head start, please, by all means, give me a follow. Even if you're not a big TikToker, but you've got the app or whatever, go ahead and hit me a follow. It is very appreciated. And, you know, keep your eyes peeled for some interesting content over there. Last but certainly not least, huge shout out and thanks to today's guest in advance. I want to give some love to Merch, John, and Karen. We had so much fun. They are the Ouija Board of Directors for the Talking Board Historical Society. We've got some good stories going on. We've got some laughs going on. We've got some friendship going on. So you know what? I think it's time for all of you to grab that cup of coffee, grab that cup of tea, grab a glass of wine if that's what you want to do, kick back, settle in, and without further ado, I present to you live, pre-recorded from Zoom, my conversation with Merch, John, and Karen of the Talking Board Historical Society. Okay. Hey, everyone. We are here and a crowd has invaded the podcast virtual studio. I am here with the Ouija board of directors. I mean, the board of directors for the Talking Board Historical Society. Oh, my gosh. How did I do this? They all answered. So let's get started introducing everyone. So far, we've got Merch, and he is the chairman of the board. Say hi, Merch. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Everyone's great. Listen to all that applause. And then, of course, we have our friend John Kozik, and he was here just a couple weeks ago. Say hi, John. Hello again. Yay! Yay! And everybody's favorite queen of Ouija herself, Karen Dahlman, is here as well. Say hey, Karen. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. third time on the podcast. So we are, you know, I've told people about the Talking Board Historic Society. And when I did the commercial on the podcast and everything, I get the same answer. What? There is such a thing as a Talking Board Historical Society? So let's tell everyone all about it. Merch, why don't you get started and say how this all originated? Uh, For anyone who's interested uh, in saving or just interested in the Ouija board's history, we have this great organization that is full of amazing people. John and Karen are are two that are here now, and we're all very different. So hopefully, and I think this is what we're trying to do, is show the Ouija board in a very rounded way. We have skeptics, we have believers and users, and everything in between. Uh, and it's a great organization. We're a nonprofit, so donations welcome. Uh, we have some great things to sell in our store, uh, T-shirts. That's all donations. And we're online, and so people can find us on our various social media stuff. And, yeah, it's a great place. It's a lot of fun. Wonderful. And how, when did you found it? 
Uh, this it was officially founded in 2014, but uh, we kind of date back our first really big project uh, to about 2007, 2008, when we put in uh, the Elijah Bond stone, the stone for the man who patented the Ouija board. Nice. And uh, that was really the first time a bunch of collectors had worked together because I'm sure you understand collectors just by the nature can be very possessive. And uh, we, we just didn't want to be like that. And so we, we tried to start something new. And, and instead of just take, 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 we wanted to give back. Nice. So then how did you um, all find each other? Uh, John talked about you in his episode and Karen has told me about all you guys. So how did you guys all originally find each other? to form the group that you are. John, why don't you tell us how we yeah. got together? We basically found each other through various Google groups or um, even Facebook uh, collectors page. And that's really where most of us met was, you know, when you go online to learn more about the Ouija board, there's a handful of places, including, you know, Museum of Talking Boards, a couple of uh, Facebook pages. Basically, I found everybody in the TVHS through uh, a Facebook page for collectors. Nice. What about Karen? Did y'all tune into her YouTube channel or did she find you guys? How did y'all connect up with Karen? Oh, I became wow. familiar with Karen when she was actually part of WijaCon, which where we celebrated the 125th anniversary of the Ouija being made in Baltimore. And um, so she, TBHS put together an event there and Karen was one of the speakers. Nice. Yeah. And, and I, I met Karen way back when, uh, actually through Dave Schrader. We that's were, right. We were both guests. I remember vividly being in Montreal and like between dinner and drinks doing doing whatever <laughs> we did. And uh, that was the first time I had met uh, Karen. We just stayed in touch and became friends. And she's amazing. Yeah, she is. She is. Ah, yeah, uh, shucks, is. guys. Well, listen, it was fun because um, Bob, yeah, Bob's right. I met this is how I got introduced to this whole group because I didn't know John either until I was at the the WijaCon in 2015. But I was out there already speaking about Ouija, and then that's when Dave put us together, Dave Schrader. And then we were doing those shows together, Bob, and then you and I just kept hooking up. And then, and then you know, got to say, Dave was kind of like the henchpin. I mean, he got me to meet you, to meet Rosemary Allen Guiley, to meet, I mean, all these cool people. And then, um, yeah, Bob, you and I did a couple shows together. I think we did um, Spooky South Coast one time. Yeah, that's right. Remember that? And, and <laughs> yeah. I remember people were listening. They go, oh, my God, you two are so fun together because uh, we come from different angles about it, right? So, <sighs> yeah. And then, then you know, the, I they invited me to join uh, TBHS. It's, you know, it's an invite thing. And, you you, you know, they kind of know who you are and what you do. And you're vetted into the group kind of thing. And I've been in the group now, I think, for about five years. Okay, and so you're secretary and John is treasurer. And what kind of events do you guys do? And do you guys work together to organize your events? Is it fun? Does it get stressful? I mean, tell me all about stuff that the TBHS does to get the word out about what you're doing and your historical research and all that. John, you want to do that? <laughs> we do a mix of things. I mean, some of us kind of spearhead our own events and um, speak on behalf of the TBHS and raise money. Uh, for the TBHS. And then other times the TBHS comes together for everything from like WijaCon, which was like a weekender uh, we put together down in Baltimore. Uh, WijaZilla, which was just a couple of years ago, unveiling. I was going to ask you guys about that. Yeah, unveiling that board that Rick had worked on for a year. You know, and now we got Michigan Paracon again coming up. So basically it either for the TBHS events, the big ones, uh, we tend to get together and then break off into groups and kind of work doing all the different pieces that need to come together. 
and uh, never losing track of where everyone is in that process. Nice. So you guys had mentioned you've got kind of the big round spectrum of everybody on the board of directors, which well, everyone knows that Karen is the queen of Ouija and she uses the Ouija and teaches it. Where do you guys fall in? Oh, go ahead, John. I don't really ever get into my beliefs with the board too much. I mean, I really, I really like that, you know, it means a lot to a lot of different people, how it works and really what's behind it. And so I don't really have a full opinion based on it yet. Uh, My grandmother used the board and I, I certainly believe that she believed that the board was working for her. I haven't seen that for myself yet, but um, I'm open to that. So I'm kind of, kind of in the middle of where, what I believe exactly. And what about you, Merch? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have had what I guess would be called paranormal experiences, but even those experiences didn't make me a full hardcore believer because I'm, I'm also a skeptic at heart and it is a, uh, it kind of, I want to be, I try very hard to be a historian, which is like a reporter. So I really just absorb facts and then try to spit them out in a way that is fun and makes people interested in it. And so I love the stories, you know, sitting down and talking to people about their uh, experiences because it's their experience. You know, it's, it, right. it, it almost to me, you know, it's funny after all these years of doing this, I've kind of you grow through what you think, you know, from a skeptic to really embracing these experiences. And and then what you realize in the end is, you know, it, all this talk about uh, death and, and, you know, reaching the other side. It's really interesting because it's it's really about the living. Right. It's, it's us trying to reach out, you know, use a Ouija board. You have to start it. So it, it's us reaching out. And, and I always think that's funny that if, if that's really true, it's really more about us you know, trying to have resolution with things. So whether to me, it doesn't matter whether it's supernatural or whether it's scientific and it works. There is an experience that happens and I don't believe everyone's experience is the same. I think they're very, very they can be very, very different. True. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, even like Karen has said on her channel, some people believe they're channeling their inner psyche. Other people think that they're channeling relatives or people that crossed over and then people like myself i talk to angels and other spirits so i've only talked to humans very few times actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're not missing anything right (laughs) (laughs) they're all they're all zoning on their phones i I like my dogs (laughs) (laughs) well and i i use the board to talk to animals too so i talk to my cats that are very much alive and yeah. my deceased pets and other people's animals. And I hardly even talk to any dead people. I talk to mostly, like you said, Shasta, I speak to mostly, you know, guides and spirits that have never even been mm-hmm. born in a body. When you channel your guides, I start laughing. I can't, they just, it's, I feel like I'm just delighted. The energy is off the charts. Every mm-hmm. time you channel your guides and especially when you're like on your channel with a Ouija board, it's just, the energy changes for me. It's crazy. I still pick up on it even when it's an older video. So. Yeah, yeah it's I delightful get a it. for me doing it. It's like I feel the the rush of the energy flowing through, and then it feels like just a pure unconditional love filling me. So, and I know it's contagious at times. So I, that's why I love using the Ouija board because of the sensations, the feelings, how it leaves me, not just during the session but afterwards. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what's inspiring. Now we got two fellas here, and both of them have kind of very similar opinions. So on the skeptic end of it. What fascinates you about Ouija boards on the skeptic end? Is it that unknown 
or is it the uh, what is everyone experiencing that I haven't experienced yet? Is there just a little something in there that really kind of pushes you over the edge to pursue the history and the knowledge? For me, it's it's pretty much death is just such a big part of life. I was raised Orthodox Jew and, and death yeah. and in the Bible and demons and God and ghosts and witches, you know, it's all just part of it. And and I, I think there's just a, an automatic fascination with the unknown when you're little and, and it's all around you. I mean, I was surrounded by it and some really cool, you know, creepy older people <laughs> who probably wanted to scare me a lot. Um, but that's the, the type of stuff. I just think that we're no matter what, what phase of life you're in, you know, death is, is pretty present. And the fact that we want to know what's on the other side or we want to make sure that someone we love is okay or apologize, say, I'm sorry, you know, guilt, all of these things, death, it just, it, it's the great equalizer, right? They always say death and taxes, you know, you can't get away from either one of them. So for me, the history is important because it, it dovetails with people's beliefs and their stories. It's like a nice little novel. <laughs> and then we got John over there that has a whole museum dedicated to it. And I didn't realize that you still had that little bit of skeptic in you because we didn't discuss that. So what do you got to maybe add to the conversation? I mean, for, for me, I think my, my biggest love with the Ouija board is the fact that there's a certain lore or a certain dislike for them. I think that people are afraid of them. And so for me, I like that, that there's a dark side to the board. I like that, you know, people believe that they're tools of the devil and that, you know, you can open a portal and I like that people are scared of them. You know, I don't <laughs> think that I, I don't think, you know, that there's anything to be scared of. But I love the fact that uh, people have such a, a, a strong reaction to reaction. Them. Yeah. Right. Very and, true. But, you know, when you meet people that have used them or loved them or whatever, you know, pretty much most people have a Ouija story. And so, you know, collecting those stories and just hearing their experiences you know, they're just, it's, they're, everyone's like a different, not a horror movie, but they're all ghost stories where, you know, you get to hear these different, very different takes, uh, people using the same board and getting just such different uh, experiences using them. So that is I like, fun. yeah, I do tend to like that the most, but of course, you know, with the TBHS, I've really come to love and appreciate the history of these boards even more, you know, being alongside Merch when he uncovers, you know, who Helen Peters was or things like that, like that really has drawn me in to be like, wow, there's there's a whole history of the people behind these boards, not just the people using the boards, the people that actually manufactured and came up with all these different parts of it. And um, to me, I, I think that's really fascinating because they're pretty much lost to history in the sense that no one else or, you know, there's really no account of, of, of their contributions other than what Merch and, and Gene yeah. and a few other uh, historians have done. Yeah. Yeah, the, the history that you gave when you were on previously was just so fascinating to me. And, you know, no matter how much I read, I'm always learning. And you brought a whole bunch to my head about some of the history that I just found fascinating. You know, let's switch gears. Tell me about Ouija Who wants to tell the story about that? How did it originate and what happened? Because you had a ton of people on a giant Ouija board. That's definitely John, since he did a lot of the organizing to <laughs> make it happen. I've tried well, finding videos of it being used, but I haven't really seen the videos of it being used. So if you guys were using it and stuff, enlighten me about that, too. Sure. Well, I mean, Ouija starts off really in the head of uh, Rick Shrek, who's the vice president of the Talking Board Historical Society. He's a guy that 
very much is drawn to the darker side of the board. And for him, he took it as a challenge. You know, he's had all different kinds of crazy ideas, everything from, you know, he's an artist who can't really stay still. And so he's always been making Ouija boards or making planchettes with antique embalming tables or using different, like, you know, creepy aspects to incorporate into planchettes and boards and stuff. And so he had the idea to make the world's largest. And, um, you know, talking to us and to see the rest of the group to see how he could actually pull it off, he really is resourceful and was able to not only find a lumber company that would donate all that wood, but the, the, the wow. paint and the stains. So that stuff was donated. And really, he just chipped away for about a year working in a garage space, painting each panel. So what it ended up being was 99 sheets of plywood that were uh, four feet by eight feet, and they were 70 pounds each. And what happened was Rick would take a panel and, and mount it to the wall and project an image onto it. And he worked in a garage space with, you know, no air conditioning, no heat. And we have videos of him and his wife not only working, you know, see their breath, it's so cold, but they're taking hair dryers and drying the paint. And, <laughs> wow. um, you know, he works in a very small garage space where he could never lay out more than maybe five pieces at a, at a time. Right. Uh, to know if they're, if all the projections had been correct. Uh, and so, you know, through that, came up with an idea to have an event in Salem to unveil the board, not only because Salem is spooky and everyone loves Halloween and, you know, a lot of people visit in October, but there's a, there's a history with the Ouija board was made by Parker Brothers in Salem, uh, from 1966 to 91. So there's a local history as well. And so, um, we decided that once we kind of figured out a budget as to how much, what it would take to get all this wood from New Jersey up to Massachusetts, we really just started playing a, an event. I worked with the city to not only get the permits for the the, the, com, the Salem Common where we uh, did the event, but um, you know we had to do everything from get sponsors uh, on the board to help you know fundraise for that uh, that cost. And so yeah, we Ripley's believe it or not eventually got involved with that. That's and, so cool. Um, yeah, it was awesome. You know they um, they were great because they. They met Rick in New Jersey and they, um, they followed, you know, the board being packed up and transported, you know, for, oh, what's that, 200 miles or so, uh, how, up here? How big was it when it was finished? Like <laughs> when, once the board was all assembled and then is it still in existence or did it all get taken down? So it, it actually, we did all this, you know, Rick's work for a year, <laughs> all the uh, planning for the event in Salem and two days. To, two and a half days to, to put it together. Karen uh, was able to fly in. Calvin came up, myself. We had a couple volunteers. And, you know, even though Rick is an artist and we love the Ouija board, I can say that none of us are probably the best at construction or actually, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that. And so um, we had a couple friends that volunteered their time that they, they specialize in, you know, building houses and construction. And so they were actually, oh yeah, they called in sick to work to come and help us. And uh, (laughs) just just the first day alone was a a downpour. We, you know, we worked in. It was a nor'easter, John. It was like a major nor'easter. Major. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. I'm not going to be in today. I got to go build a Ouija board. (laughs) (laughs) My business partner would be like, yeah, whatever. Go do your thing. But But we, so we, we worked right up until the last minute, really getting it together for the unveiling. And, um, it was only up 
and on display for about 30 hours total. Oh, that's it? <laughs> that's it. That's oh, all. Oh, it should have at least had a month. <laughs> it should have had it should have had a month, but unfortunately, the city uses that space uh, you know, quite a bit for the whole month, so they had uh, another <laughs> wow. event coming in. And then we actually we played we paid for police detail so mm-hmm. that you know someone could no one could vandalize the board or something like that. So between the insurance and the the police detail and all that stuff, it got very pricey to keep it up much longer. So you guys um, used it too, didn't it work? Did it spill yeah, that, anything? No, it, it didn't. It worked. I mean, Rick, one person could use it. The planchette alone was four hundred pounds and mm-hmm. fifteen wow. feet across. You had like a um, whole bunch of people around it, like a big table almost. Oh, so big. Yep. Yeah, we we posed with it and stuff, but but really, one person could use it. It was on um, uh, casters, so it moved around pretty easily. And um, you know, like I said, Ripley's believe it or not, they acknowledge, they acknowledged it as the largest uh, because it's a working board. But it beat the previous record by two and a half times, and the previous record was the roof of a hotel in Ohio. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't know the wow. exact square footage, but it's two and a half times larger <laughs> than the previous record. That's great. Well, the pictures and the little videos I have seen are pretty amazing and how big it was. It was just <laughs> enormous. So what happened to all the wood? They just repurpose it then or did anyone save any parts of it? Oh, no, it's safe. It's so oh, it cool. actually it got it got crated back up and then brought back down to New Jersey. It's being stored currently right now. And recently, you know, last year at Michigan Paracon, uh, we actually took the planchette out and uh, a few panels of the board to, to set up there so that we could do photo shoots. And so Rick drove that from New Jersey all the way up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Wow. And hopefully we have hope, you know, we have, uh, we would ideally like to uh, get it out again and display it. And I'm not sure if, if how official it is, but one of those places that we'd really like to get it to that showed a little bit of interest in it was um, the Denver International Airport. Oh, that would be really cool. Because I could go see it. It's right up the street from me. Could you yeah. imagine flying mm-hmm. 110 in miles up the street? What's that? Could you imagine flying in and you see that giant Ouija board there? Oh, that, that would airport? be so cool, man. <laughs> we would have so many less people in Colorado. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Denver traffic might improve. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I, I run an ad for you guys, for people that are freaked out about Ouija boards and they don't know what to do with them. They can send them to the TBHS. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what you guys do with it. How many do you get them regularly? What do you do with them? And and uh, what can people expect to happen to their Ouija boards once they send them to you guys? John, they, they go to you. So <laughs> I think you have to answer this one. I'm sorry. Well, they get All stuck right, well, in a museum. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so typically, uh, you know, people reach out through Instagram or Facebook. So a lot of times, you know, Karen, myself, uh, we answer those messages where people have these problems or, you know, feel as though they have trouble with the Ouija boards. And so, you know, they donate them to our PO box. And um, right now we've been just collecting them, not only collecting the stories uh, of what they've written in and their, what their experience was, but keeping the board. You know, so at Michigan Paracon back in August, we took about, you know, 20 to about 20 boards out there and we told all their stories. And wow. um, you know, they really they run the range from, you know, finding them in their house, and not having any idea how they get in their house, but they feel very uncomfortable with them being in the house. So donate them. Two, 
really serious, you know, problems where when I picked them up at the post office, the postal worker had written, you know, careful salt is leaking. <laughs> and that one had, uh, was wrapped in a black shroud with a little black mini Bible included and about five pounds of salt in the box. <laughs> and so those, the stories get, you know, pretty intense. And, um, some of them have been on display at the Salem Witchboard Museum. That one is where I, I don't know if I talked about the Stranger Things board. But that's one of the ones I love the most of all the donated boards because it's the one you would assume <laughs> the least to, uh, the least to cause someone a problem. But uh, that one is from 2017, and the previous owner uh, had sent it in a package with no return address on the package, and they just put a note in with the board. And that one just said, you know, if you find it, please forward it to the Talking Board Historical Society. Trust me, you don't want it. So they, they, you had no idea who sent it, where it came from, or anything. Uh, Send it to me, knew. I'll play with it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So some oh, of them funny. go on display, but other ones, the TBHS just kind of has, uh, have on hand so that, like Michigan Paracon, we can take them out and tell these stories. Because I think it's pretty interesting when you see all the different stories, what's involved. And it you'll, is, you'll, that is so fun. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things John was talking about in the, the stories that we try to collect, uh, whether it's newspaper articles or people writing into us or whatever, the stories are really cool because what you see is a very common thread and usually a couple. Uh, we justitians, these are urban legends that have kind of grown up around people's use that, that weren't necessarily part of the original way you were told to use the Ouija board by the people who made it, but they just it's just someone had an experience, then other people heard it and it's passed along and you actually see them in these stories. So it, it's funny that, you know, people are scared of certain things. They see it in the movies or on TV, you know, never play the Ouija board alone. And it, that's a big one, right? You know, I mean, right. it, what, what's funny is on the original directions of the Ouija board, it would say uh, a gentleman and a lady preferred. I mean, it was an obvious, obvious attempt at a date game. Yeah. And yet, so the reason they didn't want you to play it by yourself was because that wasn't the point. Right. You know, it was, it was more of an amusement and to have fun. You need people. And so, but that today has translated into a totally different thing, which is if you play it by yourself, you are more likely to become possessed. And, uh, you know, those are just interesting things. You know, d don't play in a graveyard. I always thought it, it, that is a funny one to me because where someone died, it is like it's not in a graveyard. So, like, right. why would they haunt the graveyard? I mean, I guess there are bodies there, but if, they may have never even been to that graveyard. You know, sometimes <laughs> families bury their you know people like you might be far away from your home. So, why would you like hang out there? I. But it doesn't matter. The point is, people believe them, and and right. it's, we don't try to tell people like we believe their stories. Their experiences are real to them, and I, they're just a common. You know, I ran across someone. Oh, this past year somewhere and she just thought it was just the coolest thing i don't remember how it came up but she goes yeah i remember a group of kids a number of years ago they were getting answers on tests by using a ouija board and asking for the answers on their upcoming test <laughs> well funny. i don't i don't know what year it was uh but there was a year where harvard banned uh students using ouija boards while they were taking tests because oh, it was really? considered cheating oh no kidding <laughs> 
They were allowed oh. to bring them into the into the room. I'm surprised to hear that. They probably just, you know, had them in their bags and then pulled oh. them out one day. And I bet the teachers were like, what the hell is going on in this class? Going to possess the room and possess oh, it, the test. It must have been great. I mean, I would have loved to have been there. God, I would have brought mine out there for sure. <laughs> so, okay, know. so you go, you go do the Paracon stuff and these events. What other kinds of talks or interesting things have you guys been involved with? as the TBHS, or is there any unusual stories involving interactions you've had with others or other events that has been kind of interesting or any stories in that direction? We're really lucky because because we're also different. We kind of shoot off in different directions. And I know John uh, had talked about a little bit before uh, about kind of how we do things on our own and then we kind of come together, you know, to do the TDHS stuff. And luckily, that's called us all over the world. I mean, John's just heading over to the UK this year. I've been to Australia and the UK, and I know Karen's been to the UK. And we get to go all over and, and do these talks, which allow us to reach different people and then also hear uh, the different cultural differences. How people feel in the UK is different in general oh, really? than how we feel over here. And who's interested and why they're interested. It's just, it's really neat. Same thing in Australia, very different uh, experience. And so, you know, it's fun. We get to go everywhere. And then the more we go, the more we learn. Who's the, what kind of area of the world do you feel is the most receptive to Ouija versus who's the most opposed to it? Like uh, geographically speaking. Canada doesn't care. <laughs> they just don't care about anything. No, I'm just kidding. I love my Canadians. I Canadians. They're, they're pretty aloof people. Yeah, no, no, they're just, I, I think, to be honest with you, they just, uh, the, the one thing that has not really infected them from the United States, it's kept them as better people and nicer people, I guess. Yeah. They're, they're very less judging. And I just yeah. think that the, the, the less judging thing just allowed them to see it as you like it, you don't like it. I, I, I spent a lot of time up in Canada over the years, and, and I've never had someone in an antique store say, get out of here when I've asked for a Ouija board. That is very common in the United States. I've had States. people tense up but never ask me to get out. But yeah, well, maybe it's just asking me. Maybe it has nothing to do with the Ouija board. They could oh, I, I have. I've seen them <laughs> tense. Do you carry any Ouija? Do you have any old Ouija boards? What? Oh, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, and that's what happens. You know, people people are interesting, but it, it's it changes from place to place. And I think that's the cool. So I, I would say in my experience, Canada is the, the least kind of impressed with the Ouija board. They don't seem to have a huge public opinion one way or the other. There's no they're not trying to ban or burn boards like we've done in the United States. Right. So, you know, as far as who is the most, um, I would say. I don't know. It's hard to say because Spanish speaking countries tend to have the most against it. And yet John and I have been uncovering all kinds of boards from them, which you would not have necessarily thought from an area that would have been. So maybe they use them secretly. You know, maybe the, the allure is, yeah, we all think these things are evil, but we'll play them when no one's looking. I've actually heard that a lot about the like Hispanic cultures, the the elders warn the kids and then the kids go use it, you know, and by kids, I mean the, the younger generations, the teens on up, but there's a lot of superstitions, but it, there actually is a lot of usage too. So mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. I think specifically like in Mexico, I've always thought that that was probably the second most popular place in the world <laughs> for the Ouija board. Just based on the amount of boards that have been produced there. How not, funny. You know, 
the stories, but, you know, there's just so many boards that have been made in Mexico compared to, you know, like I always look at like World War II as like the, the benchmark, you know, during World War II in the United States, there's just dozens of manufacturers making boards. And then you go to Europe at that same time frame. And there's not even a, you know, a tiny fraction of that that I'm aware of anyways. And but, you know, later on in through like the 70s and 80s, you start looking at uh, Mexico and it just seems like they produced more boards than almost any other country other than the U.S. I still think um, all of you guys should do a event in isn't it St. Louis. I think St. Louis, you should do the Museum for Patients Worth there or something or they should have a Paracon there anyway. <laughs> That would be cool. Definitely. I would love to go there. I, I think I told John when you were talking to me before, I have a cousin in that area and I keep thinking I should go visit her and go find that museum and just go see what all they have. You know, they have Absolutely. like a, a whole bunch of, I mean, I guess warehouse worth of patients worth materials. I'd like to see the magazines that she had. If you go to the uh, public library there, they have all of her, her husband had donated everything she wrote. Uh, and so all of her manuscripts are bound in bound copies and you can go through them and see them. It's pretty cool. I did it when we, when I was, I moved from Boston to Denver and in that kind of uh, drive, we drove right through there and stopped in real quick and said hello. Well, when I went there, I saw the exorcist house. That was kind of fun. Ooh. Oh, cool. I, 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 I was there. <laughs> for for exorc- exorcism live we did a, nice. a thing with discovery so that was a cool little house yeah has any of you now they're both gone now and of course they're the famous paranormal investigators did has any of you worked with or met or dealt with the warrens from like the conjuring universe and they have their whole thing because yes. they've had the movies and stuff based off of them and then they did the uh Amityville, wasn't it the mm-hmm. Amityville house and all that? Yeah, they're they uh, pretty amazing people. And, and for me, living in that area and collecting really early, I, I we got on each other's radar. So I've known the Warrens uh, since I was in high school. So oh, wow. that's like early 90s How and cool. um, late 80s. And, uh, and then when, of course, Ed passed away, uh, Lorraine and I stayed friendly in the sense that we, we did a lot of uh, conferences together. And mm-hmm. We just always talked about the Ouija board. She's, she couldn't have been an, a nicer person. And that's uh, what I've heard about her. She gave us like um, eight hours of recording uh, for a documentary of her experiences with the Ouija board. And oh, it was wow. by far, I've done a lot of interviews. It was by far the most interesting. Her life was just so fascinating. I her, would her, love to hear that. Her strong convictions, how she feels on things. And, you know, for me, we couldn't be at probably more opposite ends. But it was really interesting because one of the things we agreed on in, in this uh, kind of discussion we were having was that um, the danger in Ouija boards is, is the same danger that is in anything. That, that it, It's the act of conjuring, right? Like calling something to you. Is there anyone there? You don't really know what you're asking or, or you know, you just, hey, anyone answer. It's like uh, <laughs> we were little and we used to be able to crank call people and they couldn't see our number. There's no star 69. So they never knew who it was. Um, it, it's a bit of the same, right? And and so if you're playing, if you're playing around and you, you're not taking it seriously or taking precautions, whether that's, you know, for your, you know, just for your own mental health or, or just for your spiritual health, whatever it is that makes you feel better, you know, that's where the danger is. The danger is just doing things that something's telling you to do. You know, people think it's fun until they take it too far, like anything else. It's not necessarily the Ouija board that can be done with tarot cards or 
um, you know, a pendulum or anything that you're asking, any oracle you're asking a question to. So what I liked about Lorraine was she was not anti Ouija board. She was anti conjuring. Hmm. If that makes any sense. But that was a, that was an arc because when I was, <laughs> when I was much younger, I got many calls telling me that, uh, I was going to burn in hell because these <laughs> Ouija boards were going to infect me and it wouldn't be my fault, but I would still be held responsible by God. So that did always stick with me. Um, though, you know, again, I, I, they were both great, but Lorraine, I, I really enjoyed her. She was. Wonderful. Oh, I would love to hear some of that. Are you, is that material that's been released or that you could release someday or what? what do you I hope that so means? because it is, a, it's a duly owned project. They, we both have to agree to release it. So, gotcha. um, you know, unfortunately I can't release it until he says yes, but yeah, if it came out, it would literally be the beginning of her biography. It was, oh, that it was amazing. Would be amazing. That would be amazing. I do think that I think they got good actors to represent the people. I think her her stories are scarier. I I experienced with her telling them the same stories I have seen uh, in these movies, and they were way more terrifying in person. Like really, no joke. I I mean, there's a couple jump through scenes, and I know I'm I'm probably desensitized to it because I work get to work in the industry um, on horror movies as well using the Ouija board. So. But that's not it. It was, oh my, oh my gosh, Like I have gone back and listened to her stories and I'm just as terrified as I was when I first heard them. And oh, how I did fascinating. not feel that way. Yeah, because they're from her real experience. It's not, a, you know, I, like I said, I get to work with Hollywood. So I know we, we often find the things people are scared of and really right. push the button. But with her, no, nope, her stories were way more terrifying from her than it was from Warner Brothers. Sorry, oh, Warner wow. Brothers. <laughs> See, and that's the opposite of what you read in articles and stuff. It's like, oh, well, Hollywood played everything up. It really wasn't a big ordeal. They just took a little tiny story and and blew it up. You know, you don't hear that. That is fascinating. I never would have known that. Yeah, she was wonderful. It's it's it, the she was the godmother of uh, kind of the modern paranormal craze, and uh, yeah. you know, she she definitely left her mark. Yeah, is her daughter still doing anything? Her daughter does a lot of stuff, and it's too bad um, Calvin's not here because he's uh, fairly close to her. But um, she does stuff. Her her husband uh, kind of um, really runs the business mm. now side oh, of it. Cool. So so there's still a, a wonderful museum that you can go see. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, they have a lot of stuff that they preserved about them and their lives and their impact. And you know, I mean, just here we are in a conversation. I don't remember how many years ago she's passed, but um, you know, we're going to be talking about them forever as long as paranormal things yeah. are talked about yeah and karen i mean on the topic of the whole paranormal investigation you've been doing paranormal investigation how do you feel that fits in um to your role in the talking board historical society do they overlap or is it kind of a separate thing you do or well I, as, a, as the guys were talking about you know i have my own experiences too so i'm kind of like one of those people with, that have the stories Mm-hmm. So it definitely relates to what we do because I'm using the board and I'm writing about it. I'm talking about it. I'm sharing it. And the whole idea of talking about historical society is to show all the people and all the different experiences we have and to show the diversity of, of how people view this board or use it. So I think each one of us has our own angle that's so critical and crucial to making up this group so we can show to the public um, the different ways that we all approach this tool, this device, this this toy, this novelty item. And, and, and so my, my thing is again, that using it and the stories, cause I have, I have so many stories mm-hmm. of my own, as you know, Shasta and I write about those in the book. And so it's just another facet to the talking board historical society. 
Okay, so I've had you on the podcast twice, and first we talked about your Ouija journey, and then we talked about guardian angels and stuff. Do you have any particular stories that relate to this particular episode with the TBHS on your um, investigation side and how you've used the Ouija and any stories that's been particularly interesting in one of those endeavors? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the Talking Board Historical Society got together in the fall of 2019, and we were getting ready to do the, the Miss Helen Peters Nosworthy um, dedication her memorial, which is a, a giant gravestone. And so a bunch of us met up at, from the Talking Board Historical Society. We all met up at um, the Stanley Hotel. And we, we were up there. We had a, we had a uh, tour of the place and I ended up staying the night up there and stayed in the hotel by myself in a room. And I went on this whole investigation by myself with the board, um, looking for things with my camera and, and really nothing really stood out. But what I try to do when I, when I go to these events, like the ones we're talking about, we travel, like I go to the UK and I'll be going this year too. And John goes, or I go to Michigan Paracon or these other events I do. And I always always talk about talking board historical society i find the downtime to use the board and i'll use the board of these events i'll use it behind the scenes of the events or i'll do it even at some of the places where we are talking um for example in the uk um i went there two times in the past and i was asked to lead an investigation using the board with uh, calvin was one of my colleagues one of the times we did this and we would help people sit down at the board and use it and see what their experiences were during this investigation. Then I always sneak off <laughs> later by myself and I, I hook up with the people that are into the board using it and we will have our own on the side. And so there's there's been some really incredible uh, information that's come forward or uh, messages uh, that none of us usually know about. We can go verify it later on or it relates to somebody else that's there. And I so I always seek out people who are more of the mindset that I am in terms of they love this tool and they want to use it and they're excited to see what, what they can explore and get. And so I find myself doing that often at nice. these events. Yeah. That's really cool. Obviously I'm not a part of the TBHS other than like I'm a fan. I started doing experiments at the Ouija board using spirits. So, and magic, you can do magic with the boards. It doesn't even have to be about communication. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's so interesting as to, you know, the diversity, even just amongst the four of us. So, you know, this is the fun thing about this, this tool. And I like to call it a tool because it, it, it is you can use it in so many different ways. There really are no rules or right ways or wrong ways, but everybody comes to it and brings their own filters, their own perceptions, their own beliefs to it. And if somebody focuses a practicing Catholic, they might bring some of their, their angel stuff or their prayers to it. Or if you're practicing Wiccan or pagan, or as you said, a ritual practitioner of magic, you're going to bring that element to it. And that's going to just be that much more wealthy and bring so much more, more energy and excitement to the tool because now you're bringing yourself to it. You're bringing yep. everything about yourself to it. And that's the beauty of this. This is one of the reasons that I love this device so much and love talking about it because of the uh, as John mentioned earlier, the stories, but what people bring to it when they mm -hmm. sit down and use it. You know, what's really crazy is even the usage. So like you get people that get really ceremonial with it and they really get kind of spiritual with it. And it's like a pen to me. It's like a notebook. It is literally a 
tool to me. I will just go grab it, start working on it like you would a laptop or any other tool. And then when I'm done, it's like, okay, cool. Thanks for the answers. I go, but I don't even do any ceremony or anything with it anymore. I've gotten a system that works for me down. And I think that's part of it is experimenting and get something you're comfortable with and that you know is safe and works, you know? So I've taken it in a really weird direction, honestly. (laughs) I think everybody really does take it in in their their own weird direction, if you want to call it that, or different direction. And so Uh people write to me and they tell me all this, and I I love it. I love hearing it. And they say, what should I do? And I go, what do you want to do? How do you want to approach this? And I think that's the best way to do things because then it becomes your own. It does. own it. Mm -hmm. How fun. What kind of upcoming events are you guys going to be at so that my listeners, if they're in the area, they can go, oh, oh, my gosh, I can go see these guys. Uh, John, we already know that you're in Salem and you've got a awesome museum and people can always find you there. You've got what uh, Michigan event coming up. uh, What was it gone? Michigan Paracon. TBHS will be there in in, in, uh, end of August this year. And we'll have a pretty cool museum there as well. We always do have a different museum. So everybody should come out. Um, John and I both will be in the UK at uh, Sage Paracon. That's in July. And that one's in Virginia. Is that the one in Virginia? No, that's that's what I'll be at in May in Virginia. That That's Memorial Weekend in Virginia. That's um, It's called the Bell Grove Plantation. I'll be there. That's and right. It's a smaller group. And then John and I will be with the TBHS at um, the one in Covington, which is in the UK, not too far from London. And, that's and can, can people find this information on the website? Um, well, I think the best place to go is is I have it all on my website. Okay. Um, our website, we have a little work to do on it, but you can go to KarenADalman.com and I have all those events that are coming up I just mentioned. In your um, in your events section or exactly. tab or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Cool, now, cool. John, do you have this listed on your website at, at Salem or do you have it listed on the Facebook page where you, the events you're going to be at? No, other than just promoting them as I go. No, they're not listed okay. in one all in one spot. No. Okay. Yeah. So go to my website under events. You'll see where all the ones are coming up are the ones we just mentioned. I'm also going to be speaking at Lilydale at the end of July, but I, it'll be an online event. Super excited because anybody can come from around the world in the comforts of their own home. That'll be a two hour event and I'll be nice. posting more on that. Yeah. That'll be fun. Okay. And awesome. so anyone that has forgotten, it is Karen's website is www.karen, middle initial A, dolman.com. All one word, karenadolman.com. And you will find her there and all sorts of good stuff. Thank you. Yay. I go there often. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to tell people where to go on your site to find your links and stuff. So I always have to go there to go. Oh, I, I forget the structure. So, yeah. I think, John, you should pitch the museum hard. <laughs> you can come to Salem anytime. See me and visit the world's only Ouija board museum. It has the complete history, everything you need to know, everything uh, we know. And a Ouija tell. parlor. They That's can right. use the Ouija board there. Yep, That's which important. Is a great, it is. And a lot of people do come in just to use that. So, yeah, there's people using the board every day. Very cool. In conclusion, come visit us at tbhs.org. And you can learn more information and see some of the events we put together as well as some other uh, museums we've posted. Sweet. In conclusion, I guess we should just hit up the Random Illusions podcast benediction. What do you guys say? Let's do it. All right. Everyone out there listening, I hope you had fun with us today. What a great group of people. It's the first time I've had a crowd on the show. And let's just end by saying 
Keep a smile on your face. Keep a bounce in your step. Keep practicing your magic. And by all means, check out some of these awesome websites. Check out some of this awesome history. And go to some of these events and meet some awesome people. It's the only way to do things. So until next time, everyone, bye-bye. 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 Thanks for sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next, the website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random dash illusions, or you can listen directly off the host site, www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com. Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash GOST radio twitter.com slash GOST radio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions podcast YouTube channel, the GOST radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up, Facebook, privately, Tim Cheesebrow, Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com, and we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures, and hey, you may want to get involved yourself. You never know. All right, keep your eyes and ears peeled. We will be announcing when we will be back. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.